Hello, everybody. My name is Charlie Sandlin, and you are listening to my very first podcast episode. Now, before we launch into the show and I get into the who, the what, and the why I am doing this, I want to ask you a question, okay? It's a question that I pose to all of my students that study and train with me at the Maggie Flanagan Studio in New York City, where I have been training and shaping actors for the last, I mean, almost 20 years now. And the question is this. What's the vision of the type of actor that you want to be? And I'm not talking about the superficial shit, you know, the fame, the celebrity, the Oscar, the Tony, the publicity, the you know, all the accolades that come certainly with success in this business. But I want to know the, the type of actor you want to be, the type of work that you want to be doing two years from now, 10 years from now, 40 years from now. And as you think about this question, hopefully the word artist comes to the surface for you. Because that's what I'm passionate about. I am consumed with the actor as artist. And it has been the core of my life's work. I don't think enough actors take themselves seriously. So this is going to be a show for you. Those of you that hit play and put the phone in your pocket. Those of you that consider yourself artists. That want to know what it means to, as an actor, live an artistic life. And to deepen your understanding of the word artistry. The show's called Creating Behavior. Stick around, everybody. We start now. Well, hello, my fellow daydreamers. Welcome to episode one of Creating Behavior. I'm Charlie Sandlin. I'm, I'm I guess, a little bit in shock that uh, I'm here talking to you right now, that I've made this happen. It's been something that I've been working on now. Uh, this really is actually a product of a pandemic. It's a product of quarantine. I am actually talking to you from Guatemala, where I have been here for the last, well, going on seven weeks now. I came down here with my fiance. We had a wedding scheduled for March 14th. To make a long story short, COVID had infected the the wedding party, and we had to cancel the wedding about an hour before it was to start. So (laughs) I can do a... completely different episode on the tragedy and heartbreak of canceling your wedding on your wedding day. Uh, So, yeah, this is where I'm at. And I guess part of this quarantine has been challenging myself to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with this time and with my life and this opportunity that I think we all have to rebirth ourselves in some way. And I'll just start by talking a little bit about myself. I am an acting teacher. I 
trained professional actors for a living. I started really pursuing an acting career from a very, very early age. And, you know, I went to undergrad. I got my BA in theater from Purdue University. And I graduated there in 1992. And, you know, kind of just trolled around New York City. I moved there uh, right after school and just, I think, maybe many of you can relate to this. I got a job bartending and I was waiting tables and catering and cobbling together a life in New York and trying to audition. And, you know, back at that time, you had to get backstage, get the actual newspaper would come out every Thursday and you know, you try to get auditions, and, you know, I spent about five years doing a lot of free theater, a lot of off, 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 off Broadway, and honing my skills and realized that a BA in theater really didn't do anything for me. I I knew that I needed more, that I wanted more. I didn't feel like an artist, really, somebody that really had mastered their craft, because I didn't really know what craft was, essentially. So I decided to go to grad school. And back in 1998, I got accepted into Rutgers. And I went there, got my MFA in acting. And I studied under Bill Espert and Maggie Flanagan. Their entire program was dedicated to the, the full two-year progression of the Meisner technique, a technique created by Stanford Meisner that really instills in an actor all of the fundamentals of acting provides you with a solid core and technique but i think the the main thing that that i got out of that experience was my relationship to maggie flanagan she was the greatest teacher i've ever had she was a truth teller she had a bullshit detector that just i mean my god it was she had a bar that was so high that she just would refuse to lower and, you know, our job as students was to meet her, is to is to, to meet her at her bar. And she challenged us, really, to, to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, how serious are we? And what are we up for if we really want to do this for a living? And it was a profound experience. And I got out of Rutgers, you know, like I'm really well-trained and stayed in New York. And I went back, uh, moved out to L.A. Uh, for a couple of years and... I found myself with time on my hands. We're talking like 2003 now, 2004. And I had time on my hands, and there was this um, a studio, an acting studio in Santa Monica that was looking for somebody to teach Meisner. And I, I said to myself, well, fuck, you know, I, I got my MFA in, in this. I, I could certainly teach it, and I do what, and I did, I should say, what most acting teachers do, right? You you pull out your notes from classes that you took while you were in school, and I tried to cobble together a, a, a real clear understanding of kind of the, the Meisner technique and in a way that I could talk about when I went in and interviewed for this spot. To make a long story short, I started teaching uh, out at this studio, and... You know, I had never really thought of myself as a teacher. It's not something that I really ever considered with my life. I wanted to be an actor, and it's the only thing I ever wanted to be in my life was an actor. So, you know, I'm teaching this class out there, and I knew that what I was doing was crap. It was, um, you know, I was bullshitting my way through it. I mean, my students didn't know, but I knew because I knew what good teaching was. I mean, I had a master teacher, somebody that had devoted her and 
entire professional career to the art of teaching. But this was the thing. The more that I did it, the more that I would, you know, have a class and I would leave the studio, I, like, I was so uh, inspired. I was jacked up. I, w I felt as satiated creatively as I did when I walked off of a set or I walked out of a rehearsal. And it actually kind of threw me. It, it unnerved me a little bit. And it was giving me something to do with my time. I had I had free time, and I didn't think much of it. I just knew that I I, well, I enjoyed it, and uh, I also knew that I wasn't very good. So fast forward an, a year, and you know I started really saying to myself, "Man, I, I love this. I think I could be good at it if I if I worked hard." But fuck, I'm not a teacher. Do you know? It's not something that I really ever thought of doing with my life. And so now I'm hitting about 35. 34, 35 years old. And I started to really come to a, a existential crisis in my life. I really enjoyed teaching. And I realized that I had some very strong, very deep opinions about the art form, about craft, because I had been mentored and I had been inspired by the teachers in my life, particularly Maggie. So in 2005, I took a bold step. I, you know, after some soul searching, I called Maggie up and I said, Maggie, I think I want to teach. I think I'm a teacher. And I said, I, I was wondering if you would mentor me. She had just opened her studio in 2001. She left Rutgers and she opened up the Maggie Flanagan studio in New York City in Manhattan in 2001. And so her studio had only been open for about four years and I asked her if she would mentor me as a teacher because I knew that I wanted to be to be good at it and that if I if I wanted to be good then I actually had to learn how to teach which is what I, I think that most acting teachers don't do really and she said yes she said get on a plane move back to New York and sit in my class and so I did it I mean fuck I packed up my stuff left my girlfriend there at the time uh, you know, we tried to do the long-distance relationship. Of course, that didn't work. So I end up back in New York. And for the next, I want to say, seven, eight years, I watched every single hour that Maggie taught. Every single class, every single day, nine, ten hours a day, 12 hours a day for about seven years. I watched about, I don't know, well over 5,000 hours of her teaching gobbled up every single thing that I could. I was like a sponge. And the more I did it, the more I was like, I love this. I I want to be able to mentor and shape actors, artists. And it has become my life's work. And it wasn't really until I got to about the age of 37, 38, that I realized that that was the reason why I was put on this earth. I am a teacher. And I love it. And to be able to talk about the one thing that inspires me, that thrills me, my passion, to talk about acting, to take a room full of students that really come to the studio, come to me like not knowing anything really about what it means to be a first-rate actor, and to be able to instill in them not only just craft and technique, but a way of looking at themselves the way of conducting themselves, the way of approaching an artistic life has filled me with such satisfaction, creative satisfaction.
and Maggie was getting ready to retire, and so she asked me if I wanted to take over the studio. And so in 2012, I, I bought the Maggie Flanagan studio and took it over. And it is now one of the top acting conservatories in the United States. And, you know, I, I spend my time doing what I love. Which brings me now, I guess, to the quarantine and where I'm at here in, you know, 2020. And I, over Zoom and I'm on the IG platform, I had been talking to all of my students and everybody in my community about how to try to feel artistic in this time. And, you know, my job has always been to try to give to my students, to give them things to think about, to challenge them, to help them try to feel artistic. And if that's just for an hour a day right now, then that's what it is. But what I was finding as I was, you know, sitting down here with just nothing but time on my hands is, well, how do I fit into that? What am I doing that's artistic right now? Other than trying to, you know, be as much of a teacher and a presence to my students. And then I started thinking to myself, you know, when's the last time I operated outside of my comfort zone? When is the last time that I actually have done something that scares the fuck out of me? And honestly, it, it's been a long time. You know, I mean, I have been walking into a classroom every single day for almost 18 years, confident in what I'm doing, walking into that room and being the one that is centered and calm and confident so that I can help shape a room full of people that are insecure and scared and nervous and unsure about about what they're doing. And it's safe. And, you know, I started feeling like a hypocrite. And I have had many people over the years say to me, Charlie, you should do a podcast. You know, you're so passionate. You love acting. You... You say so much in your classroom, and it resonates in a deep way. And, of course, I <laughs> I have my standard response, really, for anything that is put to me in that way. It's the eye roll and that kind of shrug of the shoulders and my three favorite words, what's the point? <laughs> so that's my response. Ah, I don't, you know, fuck it. What's the point? I, I am not, I have nothing to say, nothing to offer. Who's going to listen to it? I don't even know anything about podcasting. I mean, for God's sakes, when I got my MacBook, I actually deleted GarageBand from my computer because you know, I was like, I'm not, a, I'm not a musician. I'll never need this. So I, I knew nothing about it. And, you know, it was this time here that, that made me, you know, challenge myself. Like, step up here. Why don't you do something that's a little scary? Why don't you put yourself on the line? It's an opportunity. And so out of that came this show. And what became and started off as this, this oh, man, it took everything I had to, to, to look into it, to, to study it, to learn about, you know, all things podcasting. It actually over time, over these last many weeks, became something I'm very, very passionate about. Because my vision has started to clear up. So what is the show? What's the show going to be? Creating behavior. 
Well, first off, the title comes from the fact that that is what your job is as an actor. It's what I say to my students all the time. Your job as an actor is to create behavior. And the best actors do that organically. They have the ability to create organic, vivid, fully realized human behavior. The hacks, the those that aren't artists, they indicate it. They perform it. Well, I'm interested in how you create behavior for a living. I'm interested in what it means to be a serious actor. Um, acting and artistry. And artistry is really nothing more, nothing less than the care with which you work, your attention to detail. So my idea for this show is this. Every week, I'm going to talk to you about the art of acting. I'm going to explore different parts of the creative process with you. I'm going to try to offer you as much as I can what I've only been offering to my classmates, or my classmates, <laughs> my students at the Maggie Flanagan studio. Um, I want to ins instill in you a an insatiable desire for intellectual curiosity. We're going to answer your questions. Um, you know, I'm interested in, in what you're curious about, the things that you want uh, me to address. So I will bring on questions that you guys have every week. And so it's going to be a mix of solo shows. It's also going to be a mix of interviews. I'm going to bring on not just actors, but um, artists and, and talk about their artistic process, the struggle of creativity, and how these artists navigate through that difficult uh, challenge. I'm also going to give you some books to read books that I think that are important artists and other art forms. You know, I think that you cannot bring more to your art than what resides inside of you. And so you've got to continually feed that beast in you. There's got to be a desire in you to continually educate yourself, to understand something more about the human condition. So I'll bring on some quotes. I'll bring on some, um, important artists in other art forms that I think might be a source of inspiration for you. Uh, I might read a poem, for God's sakes. I don't fucking know. There might be a, I don't know, really interesting article in the Arts and Leisure section of the New York Times or an article in the New Yorker or a particular performance that I feel is incredibly profound. And we'll talk about it. So I guess we're going to cover all things art all things acting. I guess now the question is why? Why am I doing this? Why do I think this is important? And I will start off with just saying this. Most actors are lazy. They don't work on themselves. I mean, acting is the only art form where you don't have to train in order to call yourself an actor and, and actually even make money at it, right? You can make money at this business and have never taken an acting class in your entire life. Uh, that's what infuriates me. You know, because you can't do that in other art forms. You know, it'd be like me saying, you know what, I want to be a rock star, so I'm going to go out and buy some tight leather pants, a microphone, and a long scarf, and learn how to gyrate my hips, and I'm ready to go. Not really understanding that the successful musicians in any, you know, genre like have been working 
on their art, really, since they were kids. I mean, my God, Bruce Springsteen was working on the guitar when he was like 9, 10, 11 years old. He was obsessed with it. He was obsessed with mastering his instrument. And that's what most actors don't do. They don't master their instrument. They don't train. They don't develop their body or their voice or their emotional temperament so that they can walk on stage eight, eight shows a week or, you know, 20 takes on a set and do rich, complicated work. And, you know, the thing about acting is that everybody thinks they can do it. You know, you look at acting, and you look at a good performance, and you go, well, my God, you know, aren't they just being themselves? They just, you know, memorize their lines. How many, I can't, I can't even tell you how many, you know, people think that memorizing lines is, like, what it's all about. That's where the real difficulty is. Like, how do you, how do you memorize all those lines? You know, it's got nothing to do with acting. Zero. It's a tedious skill. But the best acting the virtuosity of it isn't really apparent. Do you know, if I go to the Joyce Theater in New York City and I watch Savian Glover tap, or I go to the Met and I listen to Anna Netrebko sing an aria, I know that there is no fucking way I could ever do anything close to that. Like you just sit and your jaw drops. Because their their simplicity, their ease, the grace with which they work, it's it's stunning. You know, I don't sit there and go, oh, yeah, now I want to be a tap dancer and go buy some tap shoes and start, you know, fiddle-fucking on a piece of wood because I watch Savian Glover tap. I know I will never, ever, ever be able to do anything like that. I don't possess that skill. But see, acting, people think that they can do it because behind the really best of acting is simplicity, ease, and grace. The best acting looks effortless. I mean, wouldn't you want to know how to be able to do that? Don't you want to know how to be able to do that? What does it take? So that's the who, what, and why. And I want creating behavior to be a roadmap for you as you navigate towards answering that question that I posed to you at the beginning of the show. What is the vision of the type of actor that you want to be? And I'm excited about sharing everything I know with you, and hopefully that that does something for you. So let's wrap this baby up and end episode one, shall we? So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fucking thank you. Those of you that stuck with me that are still listening to me now i promise to give you 100 percent of myself every single week and to help you along your artistic journey i want to thank lawrence trailer who offered me what is now the theme music for this show he is one of my students he is a very talented actor an incredible musician you can find out more about him at lawrencetrailermusic.com you can listen to the full song not enough on this show's Website, creatingbehaviorpodcast.com. I want your questions. I want you to email me anything you want me to talk about, things you want to address, things you're curious about. Feedback, criticism, you name it, I'll take it all, okay? 
I want you guys to have a good week. I want you to playful out with yourself. Find ways to operate outside your comfort zone and don't ever settle for your second best. My name is Charlie Sandlin. Peace.